It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Rams Nation, welcome back. This is your host, Bear Motter from Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. This is the Tuesday edition of Locked On Rams. I'm joined, as always, by my main man, James Kroger. James, how you doing today, bud? Doing pretty good, Bear. Can't complain. Love Uh, Tuesdays. Love Tuesdays. It's our first show of the week. You know, we moved to the Tuesday Thursday, Friday, so if you guys are still hanging with us, we're going to do three a week. Don't forget to reach out to us. I am at LA underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter. James is at jkroger3, as well as Locked on Rams and Rams Podcasts. All on Twitter, Rams Podcasts, on Instagram still. Yep, that's right. And if you don't have any of those, reach out to me on Gmail. That is LockedOnRams at gmail.com. Nailed it. Nailed it. Woo! Now that we got all that out of the way. If you're in your car driving, don't write any of this down. Just remember, as soon as you get to work, hit us up on social media. Yep. We're taking questions, comments, concerns at any time. But I want to we're kind of just going to riff it today. We've got a lot of stuff going on in the NFL. It is Super Bowl week. Uh, behind us right now is Super Bowl. I don't think this is this officially media day or is this just intro day? What is this these days? This is just Sports Center presents some 3-hour media Super Bowl. Uh, get ready for the Super Bowl day, basically. And we've been watching it, some interviews with, we saw Bill Belichick and Tom yep. Brady. They had a smile uh, counter for Bill Belichick, Your which crush nice. Amendola was on, you know, oh. as we tuned out. But yeah. Um, yeah, it was some interesting, weird questions. And it, I, we, I could see how people can get sucked into watching this. But um, three hours long on, on Monday night, it's kind of yeah. intense. Well, it kind of sucked us in for a little bit. Uh, you could hear Guillermo from, what, the late <laughs> show with uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. Asking some uh, silly questions, and Bill Belichick looked like he wanted to kill him. And then Tom Brady kind of played to him a little bit, answered some of those questions. That's going to be fun. They always put that together, and usually it's pretty entertaining as they go around, uh, you know, having funny questions and dealing with some guys maybe you never heard from that you get to kind of get a personality. But I said it when we were watching it, and you guys, you know, I love, I love my Jared Goff, and he's our guy. But it's hard to, like, hate on Tom Brady. And I said, I wanted to watch that with a Tom Brady hater to understand the hate outside of jealousy. Because for me, it's hard. He's, he just, uh, he was fun to watch. He was, he was funny. <laughs> am I just having a man crush moment here? Or am I, or is it just I me? Think, I think everybody has a man crush. And unless you're Eli Manning or Peyton Manning, you probably are either mad about your man crush or you're, you're open with it like us. I mean... Yes, how could you hate the guy? I think it went through a phase, though, because earlier on, before he had so many Super Bowls and Super Bowl appearances, in his earlier days, he was just one of those guys you had to beat, and he just kept pulling through when he needed to. And it was annoying how much... I see how annoying it is for non-Patriots fans. They're just always winning. And I saw a a heat map of everybody who's... and who they're voting for for the Super Bowl to win. And all of America, except for New England, basically, is like voting for uh, Philadelphia Eagles. So it is jealousy. You hate him because he's so great. At this point, he is now officially the GOAT, and everybody's accepting it. So it's easier to to show that love. Well, they had a crazy stat. Again, there's thousands of these Tom Brady crazy stats with Bill Belichick. But they said they had, those two combined, had more wins in the postseason than Doug Peterson and Nick Foles had in their career wins. So they had more in the postseason than they've had their whole entire career. Yeah, which is crazy. Obviously, Doug Peterson in his early stage of his coaching career, and then Nick Foles, who 
didn't have much of a uh, starter career. He had one little go with the Eagles, but he's been primarily backup. But still, that's that's crazy. It's just one of those stats that kind of like puts everything in its place. Like this veteran legendary dynasty team playing uh the the philadelphia eagles so just kind of one of those jaw droppers that that kind of put you in the the scenario there and there's going to be a lot of storylines created this week and who gets the attention they asked brady again about his hand he was still wearing a glove um i don't know if that's going to blow up Uh, gronk wasn't in in the interviews today they said he wasn't going to have a podium so a little bit of story there does that mean he's not you know going to be ready for the game all those things brady's just wearing the glove now because it's like a michael jackson thing it's just kind of because it's his new new he'll probably come out and warm up with it on too before the super bowl just to freak everybody out just to make another story (laughs) um saw something that a better has placed a multi-million dollar bet on the eagles it switched the whole line by about a point and a half when he placed the bet they're not saying who it was. Um, they're not saying the exact amount or what it, it would Robert pay out. Kraft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what are your thoughts on a million-plus bet going down on the Eagles right now? How confident would you be there? I mean, the Super Bowl is such a huge deal worldwide even. Um, you know, it's. I think it's still the most watched thing in TV. So I've seen we've seen bets like this go down all the time. I wouldn't be surprised if a bigger somebody tries to one-up this and come out with a bigger bet uh, right before the game starts. But would you, I mean, God, you got to feel real confident in the Eagles right now when you're throwing that bet down. Are you well, just, I'm sure the payout's mm. pretty nice. You, you're a betting guy. I'm sure you... So they said last year I saw a rough number of close to $200 million was bet on the Super Bowl. Um, they said over a billion dollars was bet worldwide and illegally. So mm. that was just in Vegas, that the $200 million. But over a billion dollars will be bet on this game. They have over 400 prop bets. It's the most bets that they've had available. They're actually crossing sports into the bets. They've got right. some that go all the way up to the Olympics coming up. Uh, will they? Will America have as many gold medals as points in the first half? Stuff like that. Like just the craziest. Um, they have another one where it's uh, total points versus LeBron's points in, during that game that day. This is getting too complicated. Um, yeah, they're they're doing some crazy ones, and then obviously the traditional. Uh, you know, heads, tails, first to score, you know, safety, well, all that crazy stuff. I was in Lake Tahoe last year, and we went over towards Reno to play some bets, and I got this huge packet at this casino, and I think I hit you up about that yeah. because I was beyond confused, and I basically lost everything. I think uh, last year was a really strange um, betting yeah. uh, scenario for Ugh, a lot of people. Last year had to be terrible yeah. for people betting. Especially, can you, you can't do bets like at halftime too. In yeah, you can do live betting. I mean, that's what, you know, I wish you'd listen to the promo. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's good. Is there an good. app for that though? It's good. We'll Maybe I'm setting you up. Well, we'll do that later oh, in the it's week. Tuesday. And yeah, a little early on the promo, <laughs> but I'm sure mybookie.ag wouldn't mind. <laughs> that's a freebie for you on mybookie. Uh, that's where I'll be doing my betting. Um, but no, a lot of, lot of crazy betting opportunities. And actually, yes, James, later in the week, we're going to do our My Boogie segment where I'm going to hit you with some prop bets and uh, we're going to go over the well, Super Bowl. I'll, and, I'll and zip all, it up yeah. and save it till then. Let's save something for the rest of the week. <laughs> the Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. Well, Barry, I got some news for you. Uh, yeah, let's do it. It's something that actually, it did come out in May, but nobody really made a big deal out of it. Um, but the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, the Ram Stadium currently, will be renamed the United Airlines Memorial Coliseum under the new naming rights. So I guess because we beat people who come in, or is that some sort of uh, funny metaphor for United could, or them, they coming back? You know, or the fans are always, you know, late to leave the gate. I don't know. Um <laughs> It's funny because you said that came out in May? Officially, yeah, it came out in May. But Oh, wow. Because I did see this kind of take over the internet the other day and um, found it pretty interesting. I don't blame them. I mean, when you're going to write a big fat check. But it is kind of sad seeing some of those, you know, final stadiums that don't have, you know, Nacho Dorito Cheese Stadium. (laughs) You know, you're just like, ah, it kind of ruins it. But... Uh, what is it? United Airline Coliseum? What are they calling it? It's United Airlines Memorial Coliseum, and they paid $70 million for the rights do you for know the next 16 years. Do you know what's sad? It's kind of like um, being from Chicago, everyone says the Sears Tower, and it's actually the Wilson Tower. It's what's been named, but everyone's like, I don't care. I'm just going to call it the Sears Tower yeah. still. So you see that happening here? Yeah, everyone's just going to still call it the Coliseum. Hey, are you going to the United Airlines Memorial Coliseum this weekend? Yeah, <laughs> it's just so everyone always said the Coliseum anyway. <laughs> Occasionally you get the LA Coliseum, and you probably still, just out of what people are used to, will probably say that. Kind of like how everyone's been saying the San Diego Chargers. You just can't help it. Yeah. It's just what you've gonna say so i don't think people get used to it we'll be out of there you know and a lot of stadiums did a good job with creating like a nickname to go with it like what's seattle like the sink century link yeah century link so they call it the Uh, sink i don't know i've been there in a while yeah but you kind of they can they name it from what are you gonna call this let's head to the airline lamp yeah let's head to united let's go to the united (laughs) but actually in chicago it's the united center but that that it's always kind of been that and you head to united center but man yeah this it's, I don't think it's going to work, but hey, if someone's going to offer me 70 mil for that, I would have taken it too. Well, hey, here's some good news. Parking will still cost tons of money, but you'll receive mileage points for frequent flyer miles when, uh, when you, when you uh, spend money there, so no maybe that will yeah. work out. 
Nope. The last thing about that is I'm sure everybody's seen, they've already, already started making the changes. I think you had previously mentioned that uh, in the Coliseum. So the press box is gone, and look for probably updates to that historical. Yeah, uh, they're going to add some suites. I saw a pretty cool infograph that kind of broke that down and showed where everything was going to be and um, kind of the suite area and concessions and all. It looks like it's going to be... It's going to be a pretty nice update. It's going to take a couple years to do, so it's going to be interesting to see the steps of it, what they get in right away. They've added some seats and moved mm. some stuff around, so hopefully the experience is better. I know people, the old school, the old core say, you know, leave it as it is. I've been to that same a few times. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed my, I had a great time, but... I wouldn't say it's a fan-friendly stadium. It's big and historical and cool to yes, experience. Exactly. But what? it wasn't comfy. It wasn't easy to get around. It Barry wasn't needs a, in needs and a out. Boy. You know. Well, I also. I mean, maybe some shade would be nice once in a while. I don't even mind the shade. I just, you know, I was. It was so hot the one day, and the guy next to me was a big fella. I'm not. <laughs> I'm no skinny folk myself. But uh, just the two of us next to each other were just dying. I think it was so hot. There's two bears on the 50 yard line. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> you have to break up every other seat, needs to be a bear. You can't, just, <laughs> can't go back to back bear in it. So um, it was a struggle. I, I hope they do some, some great improvements because obviously the Rams are there for a couple more years until we get our own stadium. And, well, if their seats uh, are anything like their airline, you know they're going to be fabulous. Oh, yeah. yeah fabulous. Not. Uh, I sh I'm going to show up and ask for the exit row. <laughs> Everything's going to be oh. dated from the, look like it's from the 80s. Exit <laughs> row. So sticking with some Ram stuff, um, we talked Pro Bowl last week. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw it. We actually were down in Santa Monica, checked out uh, Santa Monica Brewery, had a couple beers, watched the Pro Bowl. Um, another freebie just given away today. <laughs> Santa Monica Brewery hit me up for that uh, four-pack, <laughs> that holiday four-pack you do that's like $30. Kidding. Got to watch it there. I got to see our man Jared Goff come in the second half and kind of take over. Uh, when I say take over, I mean the position, not so much stats. <laughs> Uh, he went 10 of 18, 86 yards, average four and a half ish um, a target. He took two sacks, uh, his QBR rating of 68. It's kind of messed up. He basically, I don't want to say he lost the game uh, on a strip sack fumble, but that did seal the game. And it's so weird because we were talking about it. In the Pro Bowl, no one tries, right? And then it's at the very end when it's super close, all of a sudden the outside edge rushers start coming in hot. And they sack him twice, and one is a strip fumble. So it's a little weak. You know, the offense linemen are just kind of sitting there doing, you know, don't try to get anybody hurt. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, these guys are like, but we want to win. They come flying in, and, you know, Goff doesn't have any chance. But a uh, little weather near the end for him as well, trying to throw in the rain. He's like, what's this? But for him, overall, it's not about the game. Just like these guys. I mean, you know, you don't look at it and be like, that was a disappointing Pro Bowl. I hope I never go back. Um, the experience alone was amazing, right? Um what were your thoughts on what he got to do this week and, you know, him and Drew Brees? Yeah, so uh, as you guys saw probably on social media, uh, Jared Goff was following around Drew Brees, probably picking his brain. He's a smart guy. He asked a lot of questions. It's funny because, you know, he went into the Pro Bowl thinking he actually mentioned possibly getting the MVP, said he wanted to go deep. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. I think it's a just total... It's a difference in mentality when you're yeah. there. He doesn't have McVeigh helping him out, you know, talking in his ear. He's just there. He's probably really impressed by guys like Drew Brees and other people he gets to network with there. I, I was watching his social media and his Instagram story, and it looked like he was having a lot of fun with those guys and able to to network with some great players. I, you know, I'm, I'm sure those guys on the defense were just dying to get a strip sack from Jared Goff anyway, and you know, they maybe were pushing to let that happen and. Just it's just nothing serious. We're not going to remember this in, in a month. And no, um, yeah, it was just a good yeah. time for him. If anything, it's a major learning experience to be around what, 
other people. Yeah, for sure. And and you said it in our last episode, talked about the guys going together and kind of being a really cool thing for all the Rams guys that got to you know bond together over this and hang out and represent the Rams. But it was really cool to see him get to latch on to some other professionals and see, you know, what really excited me. And we talked about it briefly there, but it was just how he was hanging all over Drew Brees and following him in every step. And, you know, even said that he thought he'd be annoying him by the end of the week by how many questions he had asked and everything like that. But that type of stuff and his growth, being able to kind of interact with other pros, pros, you mm-hmm. could say. And Drew Brees, one of the guys who everyone in the in the industry says he does it right, you know, prepares right, has the leadership right, to go and kind of get that time with a guy like that. And he's probably been watching Drew Brees his whole life. Yeah, and to and to kind of pick his brain and to figure out, you know, certain things in certain situations how he'd handle it, and to be able to, you know, take that and learn from it was pretty cool. And watching Todd Gurley, he talked about social media and and falling around um, everyone during this week and Todd Gurley was just I mean just to see his personality again and see how much fun he is is having with football and you know when he was failing and not doing so well he just didn't look like he was having fun in football so you want to always see that it's always really cool so um good week overall for the guys down there whether win lose or you know strip sack fumble still ended up being a really good week for them so you mentioned what Jared Goff said about following around Breeze and how he was worried and Breeze also said something about Jared Goff to ESPN he says he thinks a ton of him it was really great to be around him all week he's such a great player and was able to have the season that he did last year and he's got a bright future uh he loves his demeanor and his whole approach so Drew Breeze thought very highly of them as well and it looks like they have a solid uh, relationship moving forward so one more story out of the Pro Bowl that I love seeing I don't know if you've seen this kid Jarius Robertson he was a big time Saints fan um, I can't remember his oh, condition yes, it was kind of a make a wish thing that started out um, getting involved with the organization and then he's just this crazy personality of a kid just amazing motivator he, I think he started his own charity to help out the cause and he's trying to get other kids involved um, kid's hilarious. I think he won the SP last year for like oh, yes, most inspirational. Um, and so he was out at the Pro Bowl interviewing players like always and getting involved, but he's always a Saints fan, right? But Jared Goff got to throw him like a deep ball, uh, which I think we shared back and forth on, on Instagram, kind of hit the big throw down the field. And the kid makes a hell of a grab. Yeah. Like turns right. around, makes a grab. And uh, Jared Goff tweets out the video and says, sign him up and then tags him. And his reply to Jared Goff is just priceless. He says, Say, son, I play for one team at the Saints, one QB at Drew Brees, and one coach at Sean Payton. But your throw was all right. Had to bail you out with my spin and started oh. laughing. And I'm like, dang, this kid is just like, that's Getting what he's always confident. over. He's always a savage, man. And it's hilarious. Like, you know, some props. And then he throws back and says, listen, you know, as I throw, I'm going to bail you out. For These are my boys. Seen it, you should definitely share that on Locked On Rams Twitter. Yeah, it's a great video. I think I think I have, but I'll retweet it again tomorrow because it's a great video. Well, in the Pro Bowl theme, stick to one more thing. Um, got to see Johnny Hecker involved in interviewing some people walking around. He went over to one of our rivals, Doug Baldwin, and was mm. interviewing him and said, "What's up? How you doing? What's your thoughts? Tell me <laughs> about it." And he said, "Do you have anything for Rams Nation?" And I was like, here we go. Because I know Doug oh, Baldwin can talk some crap on the field, and he's a pretty animated guy, and he never holds back what he's going to say. But he ended up giving some props. Kind of said, you guys are good, no issues. I know it's you know Pro Bowl, everyone's happy. But I wasn't kind of expecting that, especially the way the Seahawks talk. 
Yeah, well, how? I mean, you gotta you gotta show some respect for the Rams after this season. We did beat them in the division. Yeah, they had their struggles, but um, come on, I, it's nice to, to see you know somebody so close to a, a rivalry like that for us is 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 showing that amount of respect. So, well, I set that up for the exact point of Michael Bennett, who is also a Seahawk. Was I don't know? I don't think he was at the Pro Bowl, but he wasn't interviewed in this point. Uh, Sirius XM NFL Radio did an interview with him uh, probably about a week ago maybe before this Pro Bowl, uh, but when he was asked about the Rams and the NFC West rivalry, this is what he said. We still are dominating that division. The Rams played good last season, but we are still the big brother in that league. Don't get it misconstrued. Uh We still got the guys on the block. Next year, we'll bounce back and be strong. Thoughts, comments, concerns? James Kroger. He's just, uh, just, he's one of those types of guys that can be, you know... Sprinkle a little controversy onto things, so yep. that's just he's a sprinkler. his personality, and he's just trying to continue to get that rivalry going strong and just keep the trash talking going. You know, we don't, we don't want to have everybody just handing flowers to everybody and You're giving right. out compliment awards. So um, I, I I like it in a weird yeah. way, and bring it on. Let's 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 do it. You know what? Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, he is a guy that likes to mix things up, and I like him in his own rights, but. You're right. Can't always say the nice things and say we like playing them, and I wish them the best of luck next year. No, you said this is our block. So uh, just makes that rivalry more interesting, and uh, for seasons to come, I like where we sit. That's right. We'll see what happens to them next year because I feel pretty strong about going into that game. Well, speaking of next year and sports books and what we've talked about, I saw they released the odds for next year's Super Bowl. So I know you got to take a look at this. Where are your thoughts? Talk to me about where the Rams fell and uh, your thoughts on it. So it's you know it's pretty disappointing when we're talking about getting some respect for this Rams team and then the last little segment. But you know we're kind of tied with people like the Cowboys, the Seahawks, the 49ers, and I don't think the Jaguars should be in that same category either. But what's the odds? The odds are twenty to one. Mm. Uh, Falcons, Saints, Packers, Vikings, Eagles, Steelers, and Patriots are all well ahead of us. I think the Steelers. I don't know if they're really gonna continue to to. Um, stay at their level. So I, this right now, this is just media clickbait for me. Yeah, it means nothing. These are what you know the, the books say in Las Vegas currently. So not time to place those bets. Yeah. Um, so so just give you the top. Patriots are at four to one. Steelers eight to one to win the Super Bowl next year. Uh, Eagles in the Super Bowl this year ten to one for next year. Uh, and then the Vikings and the Packers both share uh, twelve to one. Even got the Falcons at eighteen to one. But you're right. Um, Rams are rocking in there at twenty one. But whew, might have to take some money down, throw a couple bucks because you mentioned it again in our last episode that um, getting to the point we did with against the Atlanta Falcons and kind of having it ripped away from us put <laughs> that t- taste in the mouth to really we needed that loss to move forward next year, right? Um, it would have been nice if we made it all the way to the Super Bowl in one year, one crack, but that wasn't the way it was going to happen. And, you know, to take that loss to be able to go on next year, have a little bit of that experience is going to really help. So, man, 21 uh, definitely was better than what we went into to start this year for sure. Yeah, and who knows what's going to happen in the off season and what sort of injuries may happen with some of these teams. You just This is kind of, this is kind of a little too early. We haven't even played – Super Bowl for this year. Yeah, it's like how they put the rankings out for the season starts, and it's always the too early rankings of 2018. That and the 400 million mock drafts going around. Well, kind of, I guess if it's too early to talk about it, I saw another thing that talked about um, from Vegas, and it was a win-loss prediction, over-under. And they did every team what their over-under mark would be for their win-loss. Coming into the season before, the Rams, I think, were at six games. 
over under. Uh, obviously, we catapulted pretty high over that. This year, what do you think their number was? All right, so we definitely surpassed that number last year, and I think we're going to maintain, improve upon the, our number this year because we were 11-5, and five, and I think a few of those games just kind of slipped through our fingers, <coughs> Cooper Cup. Um, so, we, you know, we could have won a few more of those. I, I'm trying to go – I'm trying to put the number at 13. Wow. I mean, that's high regardless of, of – but, hey, I like, I like where you support them. You're behind them. Um, the over-under was at 9.5 games for the Rams, and I'm not terribly upset. I still would take the over there if I was betting on it, um, but I ha- would have their over-under at about 10 wins. There's just too many variables in the NFL season and injuries and, you know, hot teams, and like you said, I guess really going back to injuries, you know, if one thing goes wrong, that really can, you know, shift the whole season, so, um, and we saw that a couple times this year. So I, I like that number right around there. I still would take the over. I think if we have a season like we did this year and can pull out 11 to 12 wins. That's a huge success. And we most likely are going to be in the top of our division. Uh, definitely want to make the push. As we mentioned earlier, the top one seeds have made the Super Bowl in something ridiculous in the past six years. I think it was like 11 out of the last 12 years or something. So you want to push to get that home field advantage all the way. Um, but if we come out with about 11 wins again, that would be pretty, pretty awesome. So in the division, hopefully. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> well, James, we'll be back again this week on Thursday and Friday to close it out. Uh, we'll come up with a couple other things to talk about. This NFL, while we have it hot, we'll be talking NFL topics, Super Bowl. Uh, we'll go over picks later this week. Uh, and then we'll start getting into the good stuff. As, we, as there's no football for anybody, we'll start diving deeper and deeper into the Rams. All the controversy of the offseason. I say controversy because everyone has an opinion on what to do with Sammy Watkins what to do with Tavon Austin, what we're going to do with Tremaine Johnson, who we're going to go after, who we're going to pick in the draft. There's a lot of different things to talk about, so we'll get to that once football is dead, but it is still alive, my friend. One game to play, Super Bowl Sunday, which is actually my mom's birthday. Happy early birthday, Mom. cool. Happy birthday. Well, James, with that said, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Till next time, peace. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.